Hello everyone and welcome to Sagab. This is your host, Badr Amin, author of the book, Happy Life, Summarized Guide and Habits to Self-Development. In this podcast, we aim to find common habits of people in different industries, such as but not limited to sports, investing and business, by identifying their mental and practical habits, routines and recommendations for you as a listener to be able to integrate it to your own life. Thus, the podcast will hopefully help you identify what are the common essentials that contribute significantly and maximize their performance, regardless of the industry. The podcast is divided into two parts, where the guests will talk about the mental practices, self-talk, and who is successful to them, whereas the other part is more into the practical habits and routines integrated into their daily life and the recommendations for the listener. So, please enjoy and take notes. Our guest is Mohamed Al Madfa'i, founder and owner of Emirati Coffee, a wholesale specialty coffee roastery that caters to both businesses and consumers by offering specialty coffee beans, capsules, and drips. They work with farmers and producers, which enable them to directly source beans from multiple origins. Emirati Coffee also offers barista training and coffee startups consultancy. Mohamed is also the CEO of the fire safety training company Salama. You can find Mohamed on Instagram, Al Madfa'i, which is A-L-M-A-D-F-A-I and Emirati Coffee, which is E-M-I-R-A-T-I-C-O-F-F-E-E dot A-E. I would like to thank Mohamed for being part of this podcast and without further ado, let's dive in. Mohamed, are you ready? Yes, and thank you for the introduction. Thank you for having me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for coming. Uh, so the first couple of questions are intended to prime your mood and to figure out what are the things that you intentionally consume in terms of some of the knowledge, right? What is your one to three most gifted books or channels that you would recommend? I would say uh, Tools for Titans is a really nice by, book. By uh, Timothy Ferris or Tim Ferriss. Yes, yeah. by Tim Ferriss. Uh, it's a really nice book. Also, The Outlier is a really nice book. By Martin Gladwell. Yes. Okay, I'm remembering. <laughs> yes, um, thank you for, for being here for remembering that. And... Uh, the third book that I would recommend would be, it's really difficult. I would recommend a novel. The novel? I would, I would recommend a novel, actually. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a non-fiction, but it's written as a fiction. It's called Shantaram. Shantaram. Yes, it's a, it's a very inspiring book. Um, it's, a, it's a big book. Uh, it's a heavy, I mean, I finished it in three days, but I think it's, it's over 2,000 pages. And uh, it's, a, it's a true story about an uh, Australian uh, convict that ran away from prison in the 80s and, uh, or, uh, and went to India and joined the Mumbai Mafia over there. So the book has a lot of philosophy, uh, life trials, romance. It's it's an amazing, it's an amazing journey, and I think a lot of people can learn from it. Okay, Ahmed, who is considered successful to you, and why? Who's considered successful to me is anybody who is uh, satisfied. Anybody who's satisfied with what he has and happy. That's you know because the source of real happiness is satisfaction. Um, so anybody who is uh, satisfied uh, and doing their best, uh, you know, like there's a saying that you don't need to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. So anybody who has that drive, who uh, wakes up every day and does his best uh, and satisfied with any outcome, knowing that he did his best is successful to me. 
Okay, and let's say if he got satisfied with whatever he has, then wouldn't he stop trying or stop thriving to become the best virgin every day? If he is satisfied, then he is the best virgin of himself. Is there an advice you remind yourself with and why? And you have given me two advices before starting the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, so your question is, do I have two advices for you? Not for me. If Mm. you have an advice that you would repeat yourself, and what would that be or why? The first advice I always repeat myself is um, nothing is in my control. Um, and and I always need to do my best and, and leave the outcome on, I'm a man of faith, so leave the outcome on God, I would say, and everything is written. That gives you a sense of uh, acceptance with, uh, you know, whatever you, 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 you're facing. So, and there is no action without a reaction, right? Uh, so, so you have to take a step towards your goal for you to actually achieve your goal. So always keep moving and uh, accept the outcome knowing that you did the best. Hamad, you have started, I think, as a banker, if I'm yes. correctly, and then you have a fire safety, and then you have now the roastery. Yes. I don't know what you'll have in the future, hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> so- <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I started as, so I was a cadet. I was in the Air Force. Okay. Yes, so I was in the military for a long time, and uh, I served. After leaving the military, I joined the banking sector. And I joined in the, uh, I was in the commercial uh, side, and then I joined the risk management department. And also worked in Singapore for like around, for for a summer in the innovation department. So uh, when I came back, I started my first business. I was was in tech. Most of the ventures that I started uh, early in my career, I would say, did not really, weren't successful or didn't really work for many reasons. And the only takeaway I take from from my experiences that I learned from it and try not to apply it again or to avoid these mistakes that I've done, whether it is choosing the right partner, whether choosing the right team or whether, you know, uh, not having the right experience, you know, in that field that I want to, uh, you know, start a venture in, etc. Okay. And uh, given those experiences, what helped you identify your purpose? What gives me drive? So, there is a study saying that you have extrinsic and intrinsic motivations. So extrinsic motivations would be things that like a job title, a, uh, a salary increase, uh, a trophy, any kind of uh, material recognition. All right. And then you have your intrinsic motivations, which are basically three pillars, which are autonomy, mastery and purpose. Autonomy, mastery and purpose. Autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Uh, if you can instill these kind of uh, values, I would say, or that kind of motivation in yourself and in your team or in your company or in your partner, then the the chances of, of continuous motivation will always be there. So autonomy is making someone feel that they have control over their decisions, over over their career, over their job, and, and they're not micromanaged. Uh, so they have that autonomy in where the direction they're going towards. Mastery is giving a person the feeling of being able to get better at what he does. And uh, purpose is that he's working towards something bigger than themselves. So how do I apply that, for example, with my team in, in, a, in a coffee environment, right? And what purpose can coffee have? And uh, for us, we, we look at ourselves, like I tell my team, we're a job creation company. You know, we create value, we create jobs, we create careers, we create happiness. 
you know, I look at I look at not my family as being my kids and my wife. I look at my family as being 60 odd employees and their families. How would they progress? How would they achieve their personal goals, their whether material or non-material goals, and and through the work that they do, and and how can they create a path within this industry for others to follow as well? So that's the kind of purpose they try to instill in them. So you are a banker, or you were a banker, and. Of course, you were into the military service as well. And then you opened the fire safety training company and then went to the coffee hall business. Yes. Right? How does your past experiences shape your perception, especially when these fields do not seem to be similar in a way? I mean, uh, yes, they're not similar, uh, but again, they are, uh, they're, they're service oriented. Okay. So whether you're selling bottles of water or you're selling, uh, you know, gold in the gold souk, at the end of the day, you're selling. So they all share a common business. They all same, share the same factors, I would say, in terms of, you know, what makes a healthy business, what makes a healthy team, what, what values you're looking in a team member, um, the strategy you're going to be putting into place that would actually, within your industry. So I, I don't think that necessarily being diversified is, is something wrong or something difficult to happen. Once you have that formula, right, of how to run a business and how to run a team and how to keep them motivated, then you'll be successful in any venture. So would you say that you're customer-centric oriented? Yes, 100%. I see uh, the essence of the success of any business is empathy. If you do not have empathy in your business, whether and in, in, in applying that with all your stakeholders within the business, whether it's your employees or your customer, uh, and your shareholders and, and, and your suppliers, if you don't imply empathy, don't put yourself in their shoes, then you'll never be able to deliver for them the service that yeah, they are looking for. Uh, so so 100% is customer-centric. Without the customer, the, the business does not exist. What thoughts dominate your mind on life? Do you say to yourself, life is hard or life is easy? Life is very easy. Life is very easy. Life is only hard when you make it hard. You know, like I always tell, you know, friends of mine, a fight requires two people. If a person comes to fight with you, if you don't answer back or you walk away, there's no fight happening. You know, so the same thing comes to life. I mean, if, if you look at life, if you look at a glass half full or half empty, it's two different perspectives. I mean, you should feel lucky that you're alive. You know what I'm saying? That that in itself gives you the, the uh, you know, there's always someone that is doing worse than you. And there's always someone that's doing better than you. But you might think they're doing better than you, but it's like you do not, your soul is not, it does not bear more than what it can take. So, so if, uh, you know, as, 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 as Muslims, for example, we believe that uh, whatever, whatever you, you, you're, you're handed in life is something that you can, you can actually take. You know, you can bear it. So the thought of you not being able to take this and this is hard uh, is just a mental state. Uh, you're making yourself believe that. Well said, well said. So during the pandemic, Emirati Coffee shifted the focus, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, um, shifted the focus to retail by offering drip bags and capsules to cater to the retail sector and consumers. Yeah, we actually also, the beans, the beans were a big driver during the pandemic. So. During the pandemic, we uh, we were very successful in terms of uh, targeting the, the the home barista, I would say, because everybody was home and and, and making their coffee at home. Uh, so we we were lucky enough to be able to depend on a the retail channel, where the wholesale channel was totally shut down because of the pandemic. All the stores were closed down, so none of the coffee shops were consuming coffee, but uh, people were at home ordering. And. Uh... 
during that field when you decided to offer this uh, was it like considered as a new service or as a new way to to cater to these consumers were there any doubts along the way and were there any questions that you asked yourself to assess the endeavor before starting offering that service to the consumers or that uh, retail concept not really there there was there was no doubts in terms that we we had to diversify in terms of our channels offering uh, because we were heavily uh, focused on wholesale so we supply over 300 cafes in the UAE from from coast to coast and uh, uh, we our retail presence was non-existent so so we were lucky enough that we launched our website one month before the pandemic hit uh, we also closed our store we had a we had a store in, in Dubai in Jumeirah where we decided not to renew the rent and uh, and just focus on wholesale and open an online channel for retail sales so when that happened we we tried to when the pandemic hit we came together and we, we started thinking about a strategy how can we become different than other cafes or other roasteries i would say that are selling their coffee online uh, so in life you don't need to recreate the wheel you know like like Henry Ford, for example, when he created the assembly belt, where did he get the inspiration from? He went to a butcher shop. He looked how the uh, the cow was being butchered or being cut and cleaned until it reached the shelf where the meat is being sold uh, or the, the display. And he came up with the idea of the assembly uh, the, the assembly belt. So uh, now he can produce more cars, and they became you know the biggest car producer at the time, where every employee owned the car or something like that. So uh, the T1, the Ford. So. For Imati Coffee, we always try to look at other industries that are not necessarily uh, related to us and see what they're doing. So in the pandemic, we applied the same kind of model that uh, a website called Butikat from Kuwait had. Uh, so we brought in all these influencers and we created for them a coffee shop on a signature collection page. So each one of them had a coffee shop with branded coffee or branded products, coffee product capsules and so on in their name and sending it through that, that channel. And, and this brought attention to Imarati Coffee and drove also traffic to our website and, and hence increase our uh, retail sales. Do you practice prayer and or meditation or visualization that helps you in achieving goals? For example, do you have mental practices to prime and equip you for work, financials, or other important areas in your life? No. Okay. Yes. I'm sorry I'm boring. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean, there's no right or wrong answer yeah. over here. <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm what you would describe as a, uh, a, a optimistic realist. Optimistic realist. Yeah. So I'm a realist, but I'm optimistic. Okay. Um, you know, I, I have a very bright outlook on life and that life is easy, life is, you know, life is happy, everything is fine, uh, the sky is not falling. But at the same time, a very practical approach uh, to life. If I do not wake up at 6 a.m. in the morning or 4 a.m. in the morning, for example, and go to work, then this would affect uh, my, my, my income at the end of the month. Uh, so uh, uh, it's it's uh, we say in Arabic, man jadda wajad man hasada, man zara hasad and uh, what repeated tasks or steps you intentionally do as a ritual and method to cultivate focus, productivity, and goal manifestation, other than waking up early in the morning. Yes, other than waking up early <laughs> I in mean, the morning. I uh, mean, that is an important, uh, being an early bird is, is, is something significant. Er, er, the early bird gets the worm, right? That's yeah. what they say. Yes. Honestly, uh, trying to keep myself motivated. 
if if I say that I don't get burnt out and I never got burnt out, then I'm lying. I did reach a point in my life where I was, um, I could not think anymore. I could not, uh, I was burnt. I was working uh, 16 hour days. I was sleeping for a little hours and uh, I reached to a point where I my brain needed a break. So uh, taking, you know, that time off, uh, telling myself it's okay. It's okay to take a break. Uh, it's okay to step back. It's okay to breathe. Uh, and uh, and then, you know, once you're, you're back to where you are mentally, then have at it again. So there are these stages where people need to, let's say, grind or keep working at a very long period of hours or at deep work level, according to a book I'm listening to, which is by... Uh, Kyle Newport, mm. and which is basically being focused at a specific timing. And then um, whenever you're not focused or you're, whenever you're not working, you should take rest or you should take breaks. And uh, you would see that happening in any book that is talking about productivity, talking about being an excellent performer or a high performer. So would you say that whenever you reach burnt out or before reaching burnt out, uh, burnout stage, you would have these breaks to help you recharge yourself? Yes, definitely, 100%. You need those breaks because the problem with burnout stage, it's very hard to recover from. It's very hard to bounce back very quickly. So you, if you reach that stage, you need to focus on when did you reach that stage and, and, and how long it took you to reach that stage. So in the future, you don't fall in the same trap. Um, the breaks are very important. You know, your body has rights on you as well. Your mind has rights on you. And uh, people died and, and work never ends. You know, like, uh, like, uh, like in, uh, uh, work never ends. You should also remind yourself about that. Um, and, and, and I think taking a break is really important because you come back with a fresh perspective. While taking that break, you might learn something, you might see something, you might hear something that because you're so in, in, into it that you, you forget that you're living in a world that you can learn from. And what's, would you say that if you, if you look at it as a reverse engineering concept, where let's say you reach the burnt out and for that you're working for a certain amount of period, then would you pinpoint that same or focused amount of period or that working period as uh, this is my time frame that I can work up to this stage and after that I should take a break? Uh, no, I, w- I would say if, if you're looking from a, a, in terms of a reverse engineering, how you can actually reverse engineer your psyche, um, you would focus more on how to effectively work, you know, like uh, uh, do less work with, 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 more, with, with less time or do more work with less time, I would say. Uh, you know, like uh, Tim Ferriss, uh, the four hour uh, work week or the, uh, so, so th- this is really important there where you, you have your, your 80-20 uh, uh, principle and so on. And, and I think it's important because you're not only alive to work, you know, you're, you're alive to enjoy your life. And, and when I say enjoying the life, not necessarily in a materialistic way, but just, you know, sometimes just being awake and looking at the wall is, is fine. You know, you, you should not feel guilty about doing that. And, and, and you should reach to a point where you learn how to use your, your time more effectively. And 
to do that, let's say, since you mentioned the 28 principle, is there any specific thing that you would do to work, for example, 20% and generate the 80% of the outcome or the... Surround yourself with people that you trust. Uh, that's that's the best way to achieve it. I mean, unless you're a, uh, let's say, for example, a, um, a photo editor that you are the, the, the labor that does a specific job, uh, then it might be difficult, but even then you can outsource. Um, surround with people that actually can take some of the burden off of you and, and allow you to, to get more time to do other things. And uh, this is, in a way, a follow-up question. Do you have environmental cues to prime you for performance and productivity? Yes. Uh, actually, this is very important because, you know, when people think about the word innovation, they think technology. And, and to me, the simplest form of innovation is ergonomics, how you organize your workplace, how you organize your desk, how you organize uh, your departments, uh, you know, how you organize your day uh, is really, really important for you to be effective and reach that point where you can have more time on your hand and, and, and achieve more in less time. So I have a very interesting story where when I was working in Singapore, we, um, we were in the innovation department and um, they, they had an issue with loan issuing. It took 14 days to issue a loan and uh, we were able to cut down that 14 days to three days. If you ask any person randomly, what's the best way of like, you know, optimizing the process, they will tell you we come up with an app or we digitalize or we do things like that. And uh, what we've done is we, we did a fly on the wall practice where we, we, we applied design thinking. We saw, we understood, and then we made a change, right? which is a very important uh, principles in any kind of, uh, you know, for you to ensure the success of whatever you're launching or whatever whatever you're going to be doing. So we we followed the paper from the moment the person came into the bank and applied for a loan and to the moment, you know, the loan was issued. And we found out that there are two departments in charge of approving that loan. And uh, it took around five days or six days for that paper to go from this from one department to another and those departments sat on two separate floors on the eighth and the ninth so what we've done is we moved those departments on the same floor on the ninth floor right next to each other and we cut down the time from 14 days to three days so so that's innovation right there you know uh, we we mapped we literally sat down and mapped out the whole process on on sticky notes you know the, the loan officer sitting in the bank stood up and went to the water cooler and came back you know like how many steps he took we we mapped like i think it was 3,000 sticky notes that we had on a wall. You know, you think you're insane. You come into the room and you see all these sticky notes, but it was the whole process. And we just found if we actually move these departments on the same floor, we reduce the amount of time for the loan to come out and increase customer satisfaction, optimize things and so on. So you should always look at ways to make yourself more productive, especially even even to a simpler, to the simplest form of organizing your desk and, and, and where you sit and, 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 and the ambience that you're in. And speaking of that, do you design or go to a place that boosts your performance? I don't believe in the uh, open open space or the, the, the open offices where everybody's looking at everybody. Uh, I think uh, the people are more recognizing that human beings require their privacy and they require, you know, like they require a place where they can be alone with their computer, be alone with their personal items, their cups, their pictures and all of that. So that's really important and being open and and, and everybody sitting in the same room can be sometimes counterproductive in my belief. What beliefs, habits, and behaviors adopted recently improved your life greatly? Other than smoking, obviously. <laughs> yes, other than smoking. Oh, oh, list of bahnas, list of bahnas. 
I can cross yeah. that out. Hey, 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 this, this, is, this is the Elon Musk I and really Joe Rogan. Jo- the, 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 the Joe Rogan and uh, Elon Musk episode. <laughs> I haven't seen that. But you haven't seen that? You no. gotta watch that. I'm not proud of myself. This is this is a habit I want to stop, and 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 I think that it's uh, it's it's hurting me more than do good and. And sometimes, you know, this is one of the habits that I have that I, I really want to get rid of, but uh, I'm just, uh, it's a habit. And it's, it's very difficult to get rid of habits. So when it comes to habits, I would say you should be very careful on what you develop. And uh, if you're going to look at the habits that improved and you want to stick to it, mostly, which, what would that be? Uh, respecting time. Time is everything. So if you don't respect time, uh, then uh, everything falls apart. So if I if I have a, the only if you tell me do you have a bad day, if you have a question, you know, on your laptop saying what's a bad day for you or, or when when what ruins your day or ruins your routine is, is time. Uh, if I don't wake up on the right time, uh, then then my whole day uh, is thrown off. Hmm. So when challenges, fears, and or failures hit, what questions do you ask yourself? Why is this happening? I do ask myself why, and but in a very objective manner. Where am I lacking? What am I? What am I doing wrong? Um, again, uh, you don't have control over others, but you have control over yourself. And and life is continuous improvement. Uh, you're competing with yourself. You know, you read a lot of these motivational you know quotes where you're competing with you, and and that's true because what you need to be better tomorrow is better than yesterday. You yesterday uh, and. Um, My only regret would be if I repeat the same, I make the same decision that my current me recognizes that my old me did the wrong decision. I don't regret that decision that my old me did because my old me did that decision based on his experience and his knowledge. And and I would not be where I am if that old me did not do that mistake, for example, or that wrong decision what we would see wrong and uh, but I, I try not I try to build on that experience and always make myself aware of what I've what what I've learned okay and uh, having said that what three concepts of beliefs and habits should others adopt I, I love the quote uh, you don't have to be great to start but you have to start to be great okay that's that's a great quote because it, it shows you that you know everybody started from from zero nobody you know Just be satisfied with what you're doing if you know that you're doing your best. Uh, I, I think I think I think this is really important. Recognizing you know your limits, recognizing you know um, uh, what you can contribute, and uh, you know taking doing your best at it. If fans would want to copy your footsteps, where should they start? Waking up in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Start by making up your bed, and don't depend on others. Do everything yourself. So I, I started, I started the company. I had a business center and a small office. I think it was uh, 15 square meters with a small desk in it. And uh, today we have offices over 6,000 square uh, square meters. And uh, what I've done is that before I hired anyone, I did my the job myself. So I know what to hire for and in the same time to appreciate whatever effort that person is putting in and, and to know how to guide them as well. Uh, so um, do it yourself. That, that would be my first advice is do it yourself and, and try to learn uh, how to do it yourself. Wouldn't doing everything yourself would in a way contradict, contradict the concept of having delegation in place and by doing everything by yourself as an entrepreneur, that would mean that you do something that you excel in and you'd be doing something that you're not good at. Um, yes, true. Uh, but, um, okay, so 
So there was there was this guy that uh, he was an employee. So there are two mindsets. There's an employee mindset and there's an entrepreneur mindset. An employee, when he quits his job, he goes, um, he has some money saved. Uh, he rents an office, he furnishes the office, he prints his business cards. Uh, he, uh, he buys the car, for example, for delivery or whatever he's doing. He represents himself in a way that he thinks an entrepreneur needs to think like. Uh, so before making a single dime, you know, before making money. Uh, so he would waste his time and energy on how an entrepreneur needs to look like where an entrepreneur really, a lot of them started from their homes or started, you know, on their own. Being an entrepreneur, you, would, you, you wouldn't have, you're not, you're not gonna walk down the street and say, hey, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm starting a company, please join me. You know, you have to start somewhere. Once the, the, the idea of doing everything yourself is, uh, is, uh, leads to delegation. How would you delegate if, or how would you find the right person who's better than you in whatever you're trying to do if you don't know what it takes to do the job? You see, so, so uh, you cannot, we, we earlier spoke about Apple. Apple is one of the greatest companies right now. And uh, Steve Wozniak was the creator of the Macintosh. He was the brains behind everything. He is the creator of um, the basis or the foundation of where Apple is today and the technology that's built on. But he needed somebody who's better than him, who's an extrovert, who can sell the people a dream that they did not dream of. And, and he got Steve Jobs, which was his friend. So you'll always need, you know, it takes us back to what we're discussing is timing and then team. So you'll require the right team, but you need to understand the right team that you need. Therefore, you need to do things kind of yourself in the beginning and, and try to learn. You don't need to be an expert at it, but you need to know what it takes to do the job for you to bring the right people on board. All right, Mohammed, this is the end of the podcast. It was oh, yeah. a pleasure listening to you. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> I always laugh at the end of the podcast. Okay, okay. It's like a job well done, yeah? Thank you, thank you, thank you. It was a pleasure listening to you. Thank you for being here and uh, see you soon, hopefully. <laughs> thank you. This is the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more.